0: Welcome to the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Of course, there aren't really any normal people, but every person has a spirituality, whether plumbers or politicians, firefighters or farmers, entrepreneurs or entertainers. I'm Matthew Brough, pastor and author, bringing you tips, guidance and practical advice for how to live out and keep the life in your relationship with God. You can find show notes, books and more at spiritualityfornormalpeople.com. This is episode four of the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Today, I've got a great interview with Jean Wise. Jean is a spiritual director, a retreat leader, an author, and a speaker. Um, She blogs regularly at a website called healthyspirituality.org, which you should really check out. She's got tons of resources on her page um, for you to take in. And we talk about all kinds of stuff in this interview, and I just loved it, especially you should stay in until the end of this one, um, because we end up talking about a really interesting topic uh, right close to the end about living and thriving in the second half of life. So we talk a little bit about uh, what people's spiritual needs are in retirement years. And if you are not, if you were not in the second half of life, You should still listen to that because I actually think it's really important for anyone who is in the life of the church or anyone who is a follower of Jesus to really pay attention to how there are some real spiritual needs in in that time of life in particular. Because we sometimes forget about it. I know lots of churches, including my own, sometimes tend to focus a lot on young people and how are we going to reach out to young people, which is really important But we sometimes uh, forget about what's going on uh, with seniors in our congregations and that kind of thing. So I think it is really important, but we talk about all kinds of other stuff as well. One of the things that Gene has written about and actually has a book about is uh, going on personal spiritual retreats. So not how to lead a retreat or anything like that, but what kind of things do you need to attend to yourself in order to go on a retreat and, and get the most out of it that you can Uh, So we talk a little bit about that. Um, We also talk about writing a rule for life and there are uh, some posts that she's put on her blog and you can actually find them just by going to uh, the show notes for this episode. I just link to each of those three uh, blog posts that she has about writing a rule of life and what that's about. Uh, We also talk about spiritual direction and what it is and how it's Maybe different than talking to a pastor at your church if your pastor is not already a spiritual director, like I'm not. Um, and uh, yeah, so we talk about a bunch of things um, like focusing on the next step in your spiritual walk. Um, we even talk about apps that can help you remember to pray, uh, which was kind of an interesting conversation, too. Uh, talk again as well about the importance of space. So there's just lots packed into this interview. It's maybe a bit longer than the first few that we've had on uh, the show so far but uh, I think it's well worth listening to and don't forget you can head to spiritualityfornormalpeople.com and uh, find the show actually I think it's spiritualityfornormalpeople.com/genewise. Uh, j-e-a-n-w-i-s-e and that'll go right to the episode and you can see the show notes that are there Uh, and if you are able to as well if you uh, listen in on iTunes uh, I would love it if you were able to give a review and rating of the podcast in iTunes Uh, it can be a little tricky to find that so maybe I'll try to provide some uh, help for you to do that but I think if you click on the subscribe links on the interview page or on the on the web page the show notes page uh, you should be able to find it or just go to the iTunes podcast directory if you know how to do that and just search for spirituality for normal people uh, normal people and it'll come up and then you can leave a rating or review in there with your iTunes account uh, that means a lot because it helps other people who use that directory. It's the biggest podcast directory in the world. Uh, it helps other people find this podcast. So I'd really appreciate that so that others can find it. Um, but I think that's uh, lots for today. And I hope you enjoy this interview. I just love doing it. And Jean is just a great person to talk to. Uh, so now on with the interview. Welcome Jean Wise. Uh, so glad that you're able to be here on our Spirituality for Normal People podcast and you're one of our first guests and I'm just uh, thrilled to have you to be part of this.
1: Well, I'm honored to be here today, Matt, and it's going to be fun talking about spirituality today with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, Jean, I actually met uh, you um, through a writer's chat group and through going to a writer's conference a while back. I don't mm-hmm. think we I don't think we actually met at the writer's conference, but met after the fact because of it. <laughs>
1: we found out later we were both there. You know, right, <laughs> we had right. a shared experience. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On that. And it's been fun getting to know you over over through the writer's chat group.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and Jean writes uh, a bunch about spirituality and also um, is a retreat uh, planner and leader. Um, so mm-hmm. I was really excited to be able to talk to her about spirituality. Um, and actually, I wouldn't mind even just starting with uh, just talking a little bit about your book. And we'll get to like, the, the book about spiritual retreats, because I'm really interested in that. And I okay. like the, the subtitle as a guide to slowing down. Uh, to be with Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I want to get to your own personal spiritual practices as well. Um, But I kind of want to hear a little bit about that book, because it's just intriguing, and I haven't had a chance to look at it. Um, But wouldn't mind just hearing a little bit about, uh, about that book if you can talk about that. i
1: could start with that i published that book last year it's called spiritual retreats a guide to slowing down to being with god and how it started was i did a blog post that i was getting ready for my annual four-day silent retreat and i was doing a few things to get myself ready to go on this retreat and i had a good friend that was coming along with me this time, and she said, "Oh my gosh, you didn't tell me I had to get ready. I was just going to go, you know." <laughs> right. And we had a good talk about what to expect and things to get ready and things. Uh, and um,
0: so, do you do you do that every year? Do you do a I have every that
1: year? practice of doing that every year? Wow. And I have learned that a couple of the years that I missed, that I. It hurt my, myself, my spiritual growth. I didn't mm. feel as grounded. I didn't feel as connected to God. So I try to each year go at least one time to a four-day silent retreat. And during that silent retreat, you meet with a spiritual director once a day. But it's it's time away in silence and solitude. It just really feeds me spiritually. Right. And then I try to do at least quarterly, a like maybe a half-day. Day, quiet day that I spend some time in my journal and right. some deeper listening. So that's a practice. And, you know, we've jumped right away into some of my spiritual right. <laughs> things, that's but, hard, I, but yeah. I, I really have learned that that, like I said, grounds me, gives me clarity, um, helps me hear God and helps me continue to hear God afterwards.
0: Right, so right. And, and the book itself, it should be clear to to people that it's actually for people just going on their own personal spiritual retreat. Like it's not a planning guide for somebody to it's run. It's not on, a
1: planning right? guide to run yeah. a retreat. And what I did is divided the book like in three sections, kind of how, things that you might want to think about ahead of time. And I really tried to write it for the person that may, maybe has never gone on retreat before so they have a little bit idea of what to expect because they seem I have several people who sit there and say oh I'm too much of a talker I can never go on a retreat like that or Mm -hmm. uh, almost have some fears because they don't know what to expect when they go to this retreat house if they've never been there before and uh, so I kind of try to displace those fears and so they're not so concerned about that. I talk a little bit about some of the things that might happen while they're there. And then the third part is to talk a little bit about afterwards, how you could take some of that, some of the lessons that you learned there and apply them more to every day. You know, once you're home with the noise and the the interruptions of daily living, how you can maybe continue to learn those lessons that you've learned. So so it's, it's a little practical down to earth it's not real theoretical it's something that somebody can just pick up and read and say okay i can do this
0: now what do you what do you say to somebody who says well that's not really for me um or i talk i talk too much i could never do that or they might respect you and say you know i oh that's great i'm glad you do that that's wonderful but um i couldn't like, I, I, tell I tell them a couple things.
1: I tell them a couple things. I try to tell them my story because I am, mm-hmm. I, I, though I'm an introvert, I'm a talker, yeah. and I tell them, you know, the first time I, this is how I felt. I really wasn't sure uh, how it was going to feel, but the rewards of so much silence, of being able to get rid of the noise from the world and the noise, the, the chatter that was going inside myself, and just really hear my true self yeah. and hear God's voice in, in that. Was so uh affirming and encouraging and forming forming transforming transformation for me that i find it so valuable and then i also tell them the second thing i tell them is try it try a three-day one i mean it's no harm's going to come from that you may find that i have a good friend who is a good talker quite an extrovert He's done two silent retreats. And she says, Jeannie, it just doesn't do anything for me. But mm. She tried it. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, I just encourage him to try at least one yeah. time to yeah. see.
0: When I was in seminary, we had a silent retreat was one of our requirements. We I actually was, had mm-hmm. to go and and do that for a two day. Um, mm-hmm. So just a one overnight. And, um, and it was kind of mixed. You were there with classmates. So it was kind of like, it was hard to not <laughs> laugh and feel awkward because yeah. you're there with people you know. And, yeah. uh, and so especially meal times where you're not talking, but you're trying to signal to people, you know, pass the salt and things <laughs> like that. Um, so I think like, but what I learned from that, I don't know that I got a ton out of, out of going kind of from, from being mm-hmm. forced because of a class. Um, but, I, but what I did take from that is that it's okay for you to feel a little bit awkward. Yes. And, um, and to, and to laugh while you're there, like you, you're not totally silent in a sense, no. like you're, um, like it was okay to laugh. And I think there was a couple of times where, you know, they said, you know, if, if you, if you just need to say a word to somebody in passing, like Do just, it. just go ahead, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they weren't so strict. And I think some of us had this idea in our head that, oh, we're just, we're going to be in this place. And it's this strict thing, no. um, you know, that we've got to stick to, but it was actually a lot more lighthearted than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it just gave you that space and time to Correct. really reflect or to pray and just to really set aside, like take a moment at the beginning to set aside everything that you're leaving behind, to not take that with you. Um, so that was really great. But, but I, I wouldn't want people to think it's this daunting thing. Like It can actually no. be kind of a fun thing as well. <laughs> It is fun, and that's one of a moving thing, right? And that's one of the surprises
1: I have almost every time is the sense of community you get with the other people on retreat. You know, it's just uh, it is an amazing thing, and I it is not hard and fast. There are times I, I remember one time I was in the little kitchenette, and someone else came in, and she said where's the tea? And I said, Oh, here, let me show you, you know? Right. So yeah, you, you know, that's it's, it's, but it's the, the other thing that surprises me about retreats and this surprises me just about every time I go on is that the amount of time it takes me to kind of enter the silence, you know, mm-hmm. that I think, so, every, even though I've done this like 10 plus years now, um, I, I, th- my expectations is I'm going to enter into this quiet time much quicker because now I'm an expert on this going on retreat right, right. And every single time. It takes time to have the noise slowly kind of drip off you and to get yeah. settled down. So I'm honoring the process a little bit yeah. more. Well, on I mean, retreat. There's, yeah.
0: there's a learning there around patience too. Yes. Right? Like, yes, um, definitely. I know definitely. I found that even just, even just with basic prayer, every every day prayer i'm learning that i have to give it time like Mm -hmm. um so when i sometimes when i think you know i I will actually have a clock and and go for 20 minutes or i'll go on a prayer walk and it's often like the last minute of the prayer where where the meaning comes you know where suddenly something happens and it's like oh that's why i've been praying like and it, and it's the last few seconds or the last minute of, yeah. of that time. It's
1: allowing the time for so, yeah. whatever it is to be bubbled up, and that's something I've learned on each retreat. Because I'll do a lot of journaling on the retreat, and on each retreat, it's like there's like a special gift given, and mm-hmm. it's almost always towards the end. I don't see yeah. it at the yeah. beginning at all. What's evolving, and it's yeah, it's sure. like a special surprise from God, a love yeah. love package from God or something. Yeah. So it's it's neat. So uh. It, it, it was like I said. I wrote the guide, uh, the book, last year, kind of for my friend that was going on right. the retreat. But uh, it, I hopefully it blesses other people. So
0: well, and I think it, it's a it's a good thing for someone who's just unsure as well, and just thinking, yes. oh, I might want to go, or someone who's maybe tried it and thought, well, this seemed okay, but how do I get more from this? Yeah, and that's and they, exactly. they'd be able to go to that as a resource. That's exactly. I think that's really great, Gene. Um, we've kind of dove right in, but I, I'd, I'd love to hear. Like, this is about spirituality, and I'm kind of purposely not defining what that mm-hmm. is. Um, but I'd love to hear how you would define, like, what is spirituality? Like, how would you understand what spirituality I, is?
1: I don't know. I, you know, it's, you're it's, the expert here. Like, I'm, I'm the just expert. Here to talk right. to- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's sort of my spirit within God's spirit and the synergy and the dynamics that occur there and really the mystery that occurs there. You know, Mm -hmm. this because I you can't quite find the all the words to describe what that soul, that spirituality is within us. So I like to look at it as as is my spirit within God's spirit and the the synergy, the dynamics that occurred Within there and the give and take. And it's uh, it's almost like an adventure. I think it's a real adventure. Uh, the, the, the how you just don't know the, the where all God's going to take you on this. And that's part of that walk with God, I guess. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I see it.
0: Mm -hmm. And like, I, I like to focus on sort of the practical, like, so what do you, what do you do? So what does your personal spiritual practice look like?
1: We mentioned the retreats and I mentioned within that retreats, a journal, I am Mm. quite, I think there's a real power to the, uh, the spiritual practice of writing things out that helps me clarify. It helps me articulate. It helps me express what's going on to me. So often, you know, we can't quite name what's going on within, within us and, the the spiritual act of writing helps me. It, I know journaling isn't uh, what everybody likes, but I find that even if you don't journal all the time, if you journal through a um, dark period of time or a, a difficult period of time, uh, that also helps. So it, it, can yeah. help, it can be a practice that can help people either temporarily or, all the time. And I've been a journal for, I think I have 15, 20 years of journals here. So I don't journal daily, but I journal maybe once or twice a week, at least weekly.
0: Yeah. And I think as well, it's another one of those things, like the retreats is that it might be something that people want to try. Yes. uh, Like I did it, I kind of set aside, I did a year where Mm -hmm. um, I did scripture and then journaled on, like just reflected on scripture and used how to set format for that. And I just did it for one year and then I've done it a few times when I've gone back to it when I felt like that might be helpful, mm-hmm. um, but had the, you know, did a discipline for a year around it. And I found that really, it was a great year. Um, but I also learned this probably isn't my, this is mm-hmm. what I'm going to do forever practice. Um, Correct. Uh, but I did find it very helpful to do that. I also found it helpful to have what I would do is I'd have two, I'd have my, my journal, and then I'd have a separate notebook and mm-hmm. the separate notebook was for random thoughts that really had nothing to do yeah. with, what, with what I was supposed to be focusing on. And when I first started, I really needed that because um, mm-hmm. it would be things like grocery lists or, right. or my to-do list or whatever and because I, I was so distracted by my own thoughts.
1: And that so way you could really write them down do and that. put them to a side to later. Yeah, and, yeah. and I keep that
0: them. separate because then i go back to my journal. I didn't <laughs> want to say like, oh, in there, pick up milk. You know, that's, yeah. that shouldn't be in the journal. That should go on my to-do
1: list. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you give a great example, and journaling is an example that doesn't appeal to everybody. But I've learned with any of these spiritual practices, Matt, that um, you always seem to have a core group of people practices and then i think you still need to be open to try some new ones and i have found that if i'm going through a difficult time or a stressful time those core ones i go back to because those are kind of my strengths are the ones that i trust the ones that uh uh, bring me closer to god and the, the the new ones the ones that experiment are sometimes really good to try if you've been in a rut Mm-hmm. Or if you feel like you want to, you feel like God's calling you to grow and try something new, take the risk and try a spiritual practice that yeah. you haven't delved into, uh, it, it, when you're at a kind of a good place. And it, it is wonderful. Yeah. to help you grow and learn and gives you insight that you may not have gotten otherwise.
0: Sure. So what are some other things that maybe you've tried or some other, like there's retreats, there's journaling. What are some other retreat, journaling. Or... There's
1: always prayer, always the yeah. all the different kinds of prayer. I mean, that's a foundation to any of our spiritual walks. And um, I like trying a variety of prayers so that the prayer is always there. I, took the challenge a number of years ago and actually this was a requirement for a class that I was taking to write out a rule for life it's kind of Mm. like a spiritual manifesto of how I wanted to be spiritually And, and there are all sorts of different examples of those in in the um and on the internet and stuff, you can see all sorts of examples of those. They could be one or two paragraphs or mine's, mine's about a half page long. And it's just mm-hmm. things that, that, you know, part of that is going on an annual retreat, for example, mm-hmm. is things I believe. But, um, the was, that something life, you did,
0: was that something you did recently or? Uh,
1: the, I did that actually mm-hmm. probably 10 years ago. Okay. And I get it out about once a year, usually about mm-hmm. when the years changes and I look at it and I pray over it. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, Evolved as I went on, and I actually wrote a blog series about that last year about that writing a rule for life. And it's so it's it's,
0: like, did you uh, do you share that with anyone? uh, Yes, I do. I
1: shared shared on the blog series, and in fact, that we we talked about. Let's let's I'll get you that link. Yeah. So if we can provide a link for people,
0: because that's great, because then people can see an example of of what that is as well. And it's a pretty ancient, uh, an ancient thing to do. Like this is this has its roots in kind of monastic. It movement, does. That's right.
1: That's where it came from originally. But, and actually, the desert mothers and fathers back in the third and fourth mm. century, even before the monastic movement, did, had rules for life, things that they mm. followed. But what I, if a lot of people do a personal philosophy or a personal mm. manifesto, and it's, but this is kind of looking at yourself spiritually or who you are within God. You know, what does it, what mm-hmm. does it, you know, and it's like I put there, I want to practice. These are prayers that I say often you know what and and i want to practice loving the lord with all my heart mind and soul and you know so it's kind of affirmations intentions that i want to do within my spiritual life. so that that's something i do and as seen a spiritual director's another one of my main um I, I am a spiritual director and so i also believe in practicing that going talking to somebody monthly about where i am uh on my spiritual path and That is like very like the writing, the journaling for me. It helps me clarify where I am. Often, if I'm saying it out loud, sometimes I surprise myself what I'm saying to the spiritual director. I go, "Oh, I didn't realize I felt so strongly about that." So, so it helps to have somebody listen and reflect back, and that's part of my community, I guess. How
0: how is that different than than going and talking to your pastor? Um, I'm a I'm a pastor and you're a spiritual mm -hmm. director, so now we can talk about how that's different. Yes,
1: but some pastors can be spiritual directors. Yeah, I uh, so that may not be different depending on the pastor. But the what I find a lot of times is some people, if they're not trained as spiritual directors, the main um, they're always they're listening more with their head and want to give advice. Hmm. and direct specific answers to things where a spiritual director often listens and tries to listen to maybe what god might be trying to say to them in that experience and i think that's a little bit of a difference in how a pastor might respond though i know pastors who do respond as spiritual directors so it kind of depends on the context i think
0: yeah. Like, I think for me, like, I'm definitely not a spiritual director, so <laughs> I would love to refer people. Like, there you go. You, you might want to, and I've got a couple of people in my congregation who, uh, who I know go to spiritual direction and find mm-hmm. it really, really helpful. And I'm really glad they do that and are not thinking that we're going to have a monthly meeting and appointment <laughs> together, but they're Correct. awesome people to have in like, uh, uh, one of them is in leadership uh in the congregation. Right. So mm-hmm. just great people to have in the life of the church and involved in all kinds of things, because they're also getting extra sort of spiritual resources Correct from, from outside. It also kind of gives an outside opinion. Cause I think in some ways, I, particularly like I come from a small church background. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you're kind of in some ways doing life together a little bit in small church and so it's not always helpful to have that as your primary well maybe this maybe that is your primary support and, and place of spiritual growth but you kind of sometimes need reflection from the outside i think to get so through i think so it's uh, almost subjective of your life
1: and some yeah. subjective. And on that last, uh, last year, I uh, went to one one of my spiritual directors and I was reflecting on, uh, oh, one of those difficult I can't even remember the specifics now about it, but one of those difficult experiences that you had that just kind of stayed in your gut for a while and just mm. bothered you. And I couldn't, and I, so I was talking about that. And uh, I remember her saying, just, Out of the blue, she said, that sounds more like it was your ego got hurt. And I thought, ooh, she's right on that. (laughs) You know, as soon as she saw it objectively from the outside, I thought, ooh, that was my ego. And then I was able to, that brought the healing to that experience, really. And I was able to let it go once somebody from the outside so for yeah, see, what it See that's awesome because if I was
0: your if I was your pastor, I would be worried about saying things like that because <laughs> I'm gonna I gotta preach on Sunday and you're gonna be sitting there listening thinking oh, I don't want to I don't want to listen to that guy right, you know?
1: right. Um, so, so
0: that's helpful Let's, yeah, let us very helpful
1: things. for someone yeah. else to say that objectively I learned a lot from that right, right. So, but it takes
0: some time like sometimes you need time you hear something like that whether it's from a friend or um, or a spiritual director you need time to absorb that sometimes and think okay. <laughs> I only have to see this person in a month. So that's great (laughs) time to recover and reflect on it as well. Reflect
1: on that. Yes. Because I've, I've had sometimes spiritual directors push a little bit and say, have you thought about trying this? And my first impulse was no. But I I think
0: also like this gets at something about spirituality as well, that we sometimes forget, because I think sometimes we think that spirituality is only about kind of getting the comfort that I need or Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend time with God and it's going to be this beautiful, uh, wonderful thing that gives me healing and calm in yeah. my soul. And that, that happens. Like, mm-hmm. that's absolutely true. But at the same time, there's, there's pain, there's discomfort, there's challenge uh, that comes through meeting with God through prayer, through reading the Bible, through having good counsel. Correct. Um, you always end up with a with a challenge in there, and I think that's I a good illustration so of that.
1: And I like calling them adventures. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there is a wonderful poem out on the internet called uh, I think it's called the tandem bike, and it's the story of. Uh, Riding a tandem bike with with Jesus and uh, hmm. and uh, you're 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 in the front seat. He's in the back, and there's a wonderful line about halfway through. It says, "I don't remember exactly when we switch seats." <laughs> 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 and Jesus starts in the lead, and he takes you up and down on the wonderful adventures, and you give gifts to people along the way. It's yeah. a it's a delightful poem that yeah. I, yeah. often helps me refrain when I feel like I'm maybe into some new territory or a new mm. country or you know exploring something new with god it's, it's okay this is a new adventure lord where are we right. gonna go but you're with me you are right, with exactly. me. so See, that, that, those are some of my main practices i would yeah, think
0: yeah. now you had mentioned earlier kind of if you end up in a rut Um, Mm -hmm. maybe trying something new so like what's an example where you've done that like uh, you know
1: i I thought of a good example of actually this this had uh, quite a while ago was i was working on my master's degree and it was i was working and uh the kids were little and it was just one of those really intense times where you felt like you were uh I was kind of scattered in all sorts of different directions, and I had a two month break over summertime, and my husband and I had a long conversation, and I he I said I've got to use this time to get out of this rut and kind of get some get restored, get mm-hmm. filled, f- feed myself again, and my background is actually nursing. And a long time ago, I learned the definition of health isn't just one dimension of physical health. It's mentally and emotionally and socially and spiritually and even financially, you could throw in there. There's all the different dimensions of health. So I took the time and kind of, again, we're going to use, I'll use the word objectively. I stepped back for a few minutes and I sat there and I thought, what can I do in each of those areas? Where is God inviting me in each of those areas? of like socially we spent some time with friends that summer mm-hmm. physically i made those long due doctor's appointments that i had skipped while i was going to school full-time uh, financially i uh, tried not to spend as much money i saved some money over that summer and spiritually i spent time with my journal and my bible and in prayer and intentionally sitting in my backyard on my deck in nature with god you know that mm-hmm. all those so i step back and looked at all the different dimensions so when i'm in a rut spiritually i try to step back and ask god what's the big picture here what's going on you know and uh what can how do i have to be in this experience to grow and and to feel like i'm not as much in a rut and and that so i i try to think in dimensions and big picture when i get in that area okay yeah
0: um, I think uh, uh, ruts are really difficult, I think, like uh, some people, it seems like you have good sort of support systems around you as well, yeah. to help you with that to be able to ask those questions, because I think there's lots of people that uh, that they just don't know where to turn or they don't know what questions to ask, right? They
1: don't know what Um, questions to ask. And I think it's time like that uh, when you're not sure even what to say and what to ask Mm -hmm. is to remember God's promise that he is with us. And it's Mm -hmm. okay just to be quiet with it, you know? And and, uh, it's okay not to know the answers and to say that to God that I just don't even know where to turn right now. And often I've discovered in that, just when you kind of feel lost you're your fog that God doesn't always give you the next 10 steps. Often he just tells you the next one thing to do. And that might be to talk to your pastor. Oh, it yeah, might be. You. Yeah. It might be just to read your Bible more. Just sit quietly in prayer. It's just what's the next step. And that's what I've kind of learned is uh, you don't see the whole staircase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just maybe the next step.
0: Yeah, that is that's a that's a huge thing for me. Mm -hmm. I've I've, uh, shared before that uh, one of my practices that I'm doing now that I've kind of started in the last year is going on prayer walks. Yes, and um, and part of the learning in the prayer walk is is that exact thing, focusing on the next step. Mm -hmm. A lot of those walks are a reminder that God is only giving you the next thing, and. And again, like a lot of times it takes till the end, close to the end of the walk before
1: I feel like
0: anything's Mm -hmm. really happened.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And and at the
0: beginning beginning of the walk, all I'm doing is uh, sometimes I'm thinking, well, why am I even bothering? Like, I don't even know what I'm praying about here. And, uh, but then it's just sort of reminding myself or maybe hearing that inner voice is Mm -hmm. a spirit speaking. I, I don't know. Or is it just my thoughts? And it's just, no, just go on the walk. Just keep walking. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's kind of a metaphor, an image for our life of faith, right?
1: Just I think walking, so. Just keep and, walking. Uh,
0: and, and then eventually, like something's going to come. God is, is the one who's acting and God's going to do something.
1: Correct. Correct. And sometimes I'll go, my expectations in times like that is to think it's going to be this grand thing that's going to yeah. come out. And often it's just something very, very simple. Right. and uh clear you know this is a clarity to just that next step yeah and and uh you know i, I really think that god wants us to enjoy this life he's given us yeah. you know too and we sometimes we we're we're looking at the past too much or we're looking forward to the future too much and we get caught up in that and that's that that next step that present time right in front of us is the gift you know yeah. and uh, yeah. i think that reminder itself is great
0: yeah that's really good um, I wanted to ask you this kind of, uh, shifting, shifting mm-hmm. gears a bit. Well, actually maybe before we shift gears, I should ask you because we kind of talked about ruts, but, um, is there anything else that, that helps you to stay consistent? Cause I know this is, I've, I've been hearing back from people a little bit about how one of their biggest things is how, like they just really struggle with staying consistent. And that might be around just staying consistent with praying daily or reading mm-hmm. the Bible daily, like some of the basic things that. Not not talking about retreats or right. prayer walks or anything fancy, but just staying uh, staying consistent with their walk with God, however that looks.
1: Right, and I'll affirm that. I do on my blog, I do a survey once a year, and that is probably one of the top two things that come out every year from my readers, that they'll say that. How do we stay consistent? it's almost like a desire... That they want to be with God more often during the daily grind of life, you know, on that. And I I think one of the, first of all, the thing is to say that to God, you want to be with him more often. Just express that God will honor that. I find, I have lately, people may laugh at this, but I take my iPhone and I have some alarms set on my iPhone that literally, and my husband will laugh, he said, he got a text and it's 1230, 1230, a little, uh, it comes things on my phone to remind me to pray. Yep. And it's, I don't do it right at lunchtime, but I do it before I start my afternoon stuff. So there's this little ding on the phone that reminds me. And at two o'clock, I have a, another chirp that comes on my phone that reminds me to thank God, thank God for something. Stop mm. and thank God. And it's just a split second. So, mm. uh, you know, it sounds it's, it's crazy to use technology like that, but I get a reminder in my email at eight o'clock every morning to pray for my family. And usually by that time I have prayed for my family, but I always kind of smile when I see that email right. and then I'll set send up another one. So I've been using kind of technology to, for, as reminders that, for myself. That's so
0: great though, because that, mm-hmm. like, we need that. We need those reminders because our, like, we're human beings, right? <laughs> right. We're going to mess right. up and we're going to forget um, right. And to get the reminders really good. Some yeah. people I've heard about too, is that they will put in their iPhone alarms. This is reminding me because I've heard this before, but mm-hmm. it, um, they will put a, a particular scripture verse that is meaningful for them.
1: Yes. on yes.
0: As their alarm, because they yeah. can like, you can see the, like whatever the text is of the alarm and suddenly Correct. it's like, Oh, there it is. And that's my reflection for the day. And even yes. if it's the same verse every day, right. it's just that reminder of yeah, God's presence pick, or whatever.
1: And some people, people have verses for the year and then and yeah. it just comes comes up and I just find it's fun to set it at off times like I said, yeah. like 1230 instead of, you, you have a tendency to think, okay, at 8 o'clock, no, you know, mm-hmm. and there'll be times I'll be in the meeting and that'll chirp and I'll just kind of nobody else knows what that chirp is, I know what that chirp is, but right. I think some rituals help me too. I, mm-hmm. I last year I uh, cleared off the top of my uh, a, a little chest of drawers here in my office and uh, put made a little altar there I put some things there that remind me how much God loves me and I have a candle and often I find that just the act of lighting that candle helps me uh, helps me draw me into God's presence so sometimes little rituals like that find something that seems to open that door for
0: people. So yeah, and the idea of space, like that's kind of the same mm-hmm. thing as as retreat as well. You're going into a different space than you're normally in. Correct. And uh and it's not that like God's everywhere. Correct. God is ever always accessible, but there's something about our minds that gets us more open if we uh-huh if we get out of our regular and you've sort of created that in your own like I, tr- a, a little space tried. in your office I have or tried
1: yeah I've yeah. tried Certain yeah. some people find out just sitting in certain chairs is the chair mm-hmm. that they always do read their bible in just that's enough yeah. to mm-hmm. kind of trigger, trigger that and uh, sometimes seeing that chair you know yeah, but you can find prayer triggers throughout the day too I I've, mm-hmm. I've had kind of fun doing that uh, a couple years ago um, I am not a winter person I know you're in Canada and I'm northwest Ohio and and this this winter is is a a dull time for me I'm more of a spring summer gal and but driving down the roads in the in the trees when they were bare like that seeing the bird's nests Hmm. I got thinking and contemplating bird's nests and how they're made of just ordinary common things but that they're waiting for new life they're in a waiting period of time mm. which is kind of like what winter is and so every time i see a bird's nest and it's amazing all the birds and squirrels nests you do see as we but every time i see one as we travel down the road it was a moment with god so mm. it, so sometimes little triggers like that that it's a, oh that's a,
0: cool i'm going to be thinking about that now
1: <laughs> that when you you start looking at bird's yeah. nests and you yeah. start thinking about them they're they're yeah. wonderful Lesson from God, I think. So yeah, yeah. that, so that's kind of ways I kind of try to stay consistent.
0: That's really good. Um, okay, well, we'll shift our gears a okay. little bit. Um, I mean, it's all all kind of connected. But uh, I noticed too, like I've been on your website and kind of looked around a little bit, and it's it's a really great website. So I hope people you you. go in and check it out. Um, I noticed you like speak as well, and you, mm-hmm. there's some certain topics. And the one that kind of jumped out at me that I thought was really interesting was was this living and thriving in the second half of life uh, was the name of that. And I would love to hear about what you see as <laughs> what is the particular struggle in spirituality for those. And I like the, the way you phrased it in the second half of
1: life. Life, We'll
0: debate whether I'm in my second half of life yet. I don't know if I am, but I I could be.
1: Well, actually that topic came and I I speak with it with some passion because I went through almost this crisis. I was able to retire. I said I was a nurse and I worked in our Mm -hmm. local health department. I was able to retire a little bit earlier than some people from that position. And The struggle and the struggle I see people having this second life is all of a sudden it was like, who am I? It was like I felt like I was 14 years old again, and then this identity crisis is who I was, what it was going to be. I had a second half of life ahead of me. What was going to happen? What was I going to do? And it was that discovering who that I was a beloved child of God is how the the talk goes, that that we have all these roles and these labels, and, and when it boils down to who am I within, within God was what helped determine my second half of life. So to, I find the struggle seems to be in the identity when you're no longer your job, who you are and, and doing some of that inner work and not being afraid of asking that questions and doing some of that digging. And then, and so that's sort of where the talk goes and I'll, I'll share one other story with it, And then I share this within the talk that is really Helped me and helped some people was I have a good friend who is a uh, Catholic nun, mm-hmm. and I said to her once, "I said, Nancy, I see nuns work, 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 and then I see nuns in their their like nursing homes and wheelchairs. Do nuns ever retire? You know, what <laughs> do they That's do?" Great. And she said, "Oh no, Jeannie, we never retire. We just discover a new ministry." Mm-hmm. And I thought there that's that's what so living i think that's the thriving part of second life is finding where god calls us what's that meaning in life in the second half of life and that ministry could take all sorts of forms. a job that was that we get paid for it all you know it could be a, a wonderful listening ministry it could be a prayer ministry it could be a letter writing ministry it could be you know, that you know that there's so many and you see this within your church your own church uh that so many people have different gifts and some people think their gifts are nothing you know you know and they have wonderful gifts and our church would be not as strong without everybody bringing all their different gifts so it's finding that and valuing it and savoring it and and, uh, giving that back a service and back to the lord yeah, so yeah. that's the second half of life.
0: <laughs> that's that's great. Um, I I when I first started in ministry, I went to a, I was in a congregation that was a, a been around for a long time. I think mm-hmm. they were celebrated maybe their 130th or third hundred thirty fifth anniversary when I was there. Yeah, I think they might have just had their one fifty last year. But
1: wow,
0: um, they and most of the people in the congregation were were retired there was some there were mm-hmm. some younger people some mm-hmm. younger families and, um, and then after i when i left that church i went to do church planting and uh, in church planting we had mostly people who were working or students and mm-hmm. uh, i think we had maybe one retired person <laughs> wow. and and i learned through that i just thought oh my goodness i just took for granted the the incredible ministry that was being done by my retirees in my right. first congregation, and uh, and we all were talking, and even they would. Their language was about, "Well, we need more young families, or we need to get teenagers." And that's that's true in a sense, but mm-hmm. but it, we were all kind of looking past. Even the people doing the ministry were looking past the fact that. There was amazing things going on and I I had this built in volunteer base that was available. (laughs) Like I could phone someone up in the middle of the day and, oh, we need some help with this down at the church. And they'd say, oh yeah. And they're more than happy to come because they're, they love Jesus. Mm -hmm. They love their congregation. They want to see it thrive. And then moving to church planting, I just realized it's a totally different thing. Very exciting. But one thing that that was just really missing was, wow, everybody's so busy. That's Everybody right. is unavailable during the day, and they've got maybe you know one night a week that they can devote to it. But nobody has the same night, so trying to get everyone together at the same time <laughs> is really hard. And uh, so there was this whole new set mm-hmm. of challenges. Um, but I think That's exactly. Just, right. I think we overlook that, um, and not that all retirees. Like I've heard, lots of retirees are busier in their retirement than they are when <laughs> they're <were> working because <laughs> um, they find those other things. Um, but I think to overlook. Uh, the spirituality that might be there through things like service as well and through the ministry that they might be able to offer.
1: We overlook
0: that so easily in the church.
1: Right. And it's lifelong learning. Sunday school Mm. doesn't just stop when you're confirmed or when you're no longer a kid. You know, there's... Yeah. So many neat things to continue to learn and to feed both our heart and our mind. I think you know, yeah. all the way through life, no matter what your age is, you know. So oh, that's really that's, that's kind of what I meant by living and thriving in the second half of life. Is and to, and to I continue actually think, to learn.
0: Yeah, I, I also think this is a good message for people who are not, you know, at retirement age or nearing retirement age. Uh, it's good for us to hear. Yes, uh, because we sometimes don't think about the major life transition that takes place there. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of look very much on our own, (laughs) our own issues.
1: You talk about, you know, you Google how to prepare yourself for retirement and Mm. it is, I would, I don't know the statistics, but I bet 90% of it is financial. Yeah, Yeah. which is huge which is huge i don't want to put that down but there is this emotional and social Mm -hmm. and spiritual side and that's what i said it really kind of you become almost an identity crisis again Mm -hmm. as you go through that transition and there are some transitions that that you have in the second half of life well that's going to happen anytime but but a little bit more often some of the things like death or uh Hmm. um death of a loved one even that occurs death of friends occur a little bit more often in the second half of life that can really uh kind of take you down so there there can be some real challenges to the second half of
0: life yeah i think it's such an important topic gene i'm glad you're I'm glad you're addressing it and about talking. It's about what it.
1: people call me about, you know. Then often yeah. it is uh, s- s- uh, people in their second half of life, and you can tell they're searching. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a need, you know, something that we probably could do a lot more work on. You yeah. know, as I a a love that you have the word
0: uh, thriving,
1: yeah, you know, as well. It's yeah. so
0: important. Um, I think we've uh, we're coming up on our, our time here. So okay, it's, great. It's been a great, great. conversation. Well, no. well, thank you, thank oh. you
1: for having um, me here today.
0: Yeah. Can, can, we just, can I just ask, uh, how, where can people find you online? We've talked a lot about your website, but we haven't told them where it is. So.
1: Well, I have a website, but I have my blog. and My blog's my active oh, okay. thing, so I will send people to my blog. And it's healthyspirituality.org. And if they're interested, like, in the spiritual retreat book, yeah. um, I would encourage them to go to my Amazon page, and you, they can find that at healthyspirituality.org forward slash Amazon. That would take them right to the Amazon page, and they could see anything, any of my writings there. And we'll put in the show notes that link to the rule for life. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and there was a download there that they can download uh, a little guide to writing a rule for life. And so I'll give, I'll send you a link to that page. And uh, yeah, we'll and put I'll put that just put in the it show on. Notes. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. I'll put it with our with our episode notes. So yeah, and be... they
1: might. I do on on Thursdays uh, every month on my blog. I try to take a topic and go it a little bit further in depth. And mm-hmm. I I can't tell you right now, but I'll look it up which month I did that last year. And we did rule for life one month last year, so.
0: Yeah. they will yeah, find we can, several posts. You can put the link in there for that. that yeah, that'd be that'd be we great. Could do that. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Gene.
1: Thank you. Thank yeah. you. All right, take care. Bye bye.
0: I hope you found today's episode helpful. Don't forget to check out the show notes at spirituality for There you can sign up to get the free short guide called Six Tips to Get Consistent in Connecting with God. And when you do that, You'll also get the latest updates and news from the blog, plus book announcements and anything else I may be working on. So head over to spiritualityfornormalpeople.com and sign up. Thanks for listening today and take care.